I, I'm really going to look for the athletic horse for next year's Derby. I want to, I want to find that athlete because he's like, Mage was really athletic and that's how I did it. I said, okay, well, number one, that's, uh, you know, that's why I picked Angel of Empire. I thought, boy, he showed a lot of athleticism. I think I'll pick him in the Belmont and he didn't show it. And two, how do you how, show me how to identify the most athletic horse? <laughs> Give me a break right now. There were these two racing dudes named Aaron and Jared who had to buy some racing and they wanted to share it. Started a website where players go to see all their picks. The goal was make the fans some money and to cut down the risk. They put the plan into motion and at first it seemed silly. Make a website where the expert picks are freer than Willie. From a racetrack veteran to just a beginner. There's one place that you want to go to find you a winner. As a matter of fact, I want to hit the exacta. There's only one site that you'll keep coming back to. So next time that the horses all line up at the post, make sure you use the website that'll win you the most. Whether Churchill, Oakland, Goldstream Parks, and Matoga, and all tracks in between, there's only one side to go to. When it comes to your racing needs and all of your bets, plus it's got a catchy name that no one ever forgets. RacingDudes.com for all of your needs. RacingDudes.com for all of your leads. RacingDudes.com for all of your bets. RacingDudes.com as good as it gets. RacingDudes.com for all of your needs. RacingDudes.com for all of your leads. RacingDudes.com for all of your bets, racingdudes.com, as good as it gets. What is up, I'm Jared Wilkie. Jared Halterman, it's Thursday, June 15th, and this is Blinkers Off. What's up, man? What's up, man? What's up, everybody? Good to see everybody again. Just got done with uh, Dudes Who Bet Sports. Now we're on to Blinkers Off. Should be a good show. I hope uh, I hope we can have as much fun, Jared. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see if you can, if you can raise that level of fun. Uh, well, you know what? Save this is the latest we've done one in a while. So these seven o'clock shows, you never know how these are gonna go. Um, I'm seeing what are the betting odds that Jerry continues to show theme today and where's the red? I didn't know. I did not know about that. So I apologize. Five to one. Uh sorry, Mike. Didn't get that one. But uh now I got my gray OG handicapper shirt. What are you wearing? What is that? Is that an OG? No, this is uh, 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 Rags, uh, who was on the last show, actually. He buys our $20 package. He's had a lot of luck, so he sent me a Boeing uh, shirt. You can see on the sleeve there. So Look at you. I said, yes, sir, I will wear that, and I appreciate that. So The one, yeah. the one thing about us is that, uh, you know, in our, our team, is that we, we've, never, we've never turned down a free shirt. No. Well, let's be, let's be clear. We've never turned down free anything. No. <laughs> so free shirts are what's been. Uh, I mean, there was a point where we were wearing Fairmont University shirts. Uh, no one knew, you know, no one knew who that was, but we still wore them. Um, if you send me something free, I will wear it and I will love it. I Yeah, absolutely. I, I definitely, uh, he, he sent it to me. He's like, Hey, would you wear it on a show? I was like, I'll wear it like every week on a show somewhere. <laughs> I'll wear it when I'm not on a show. It's in there. Yeah. It's in the rotation now. Come on. Well, um, it's good to be here. It's good to have a, uh, have blinkers off back after post, uh, triple crown. So today's show, we're going to just kind of look at, I think we're going to, I mean, I, I think you and I both, I mean, I know we've talked a lot about it on different shows, but it's like, just put a bow on this. Move on. I don't know about you, but I, I was, as soon as the Belmont was over, Tapatrice didn't get the job done for me. I was like, you know what? Uh, good riddance to this Triple Crown Trail. I'm over it. Oh yeah, yeah. It's it's uh, it is what it is, right? I mean, it was just uh, a, a season full of ups and downs and some some weird situations. But it's been fun, man. It's been a lot of fun uh, covering it. I I, I think. 
looking back at it, it's like, wow, we got some cool stories out of it. That's for sure. So, um, yeah, look, Archangel just ran uh, fantastic and uh, Forte ran really well as well. They just couldn't couldn't quite get there. You know, I don't think he was quite ready and Archangelo was super ready. He was just fantastic. Yeah, uh, so we're gonna kind of—I'd I, I, ask you now, but we'll wait. Um, just kind of get into some of the, you know, the you know, which of the three was, you know, maybe the best performance of the three. You know, which ones are we excited about moving forward? You know, which ones are kind of like a whatever um, horses that didn't win, maybe that, uh, you know, that 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 we think might be, you know, really good later in the year. Exactly, you know, uh, or more more closely this like next two, three months at Saratoga, Del Mar, and then, of course, move into the Breeders' Cup. Um, so we'll talk a little bit more about that. Um, do we want to do this now? or do? Okay, so let's just go ahead and give the – because, you know, you and I both are watching games right now during this. Um, mm -hmm. The best bets. The best bets is – we've had it going for a while. If you go to racingdudes.com, just look on the main menu there, just look for best bets. But – we're kind of officially launching it, uh, promoting it, pushing it out there. And uh, basically, you just get uh, myself, Halterman, you know, uh, the whole team, Magic, Do uh, Papa Dude, Dr. Miranda, Vinny, everyone's on there. Um, everyone's kind of like top plays of, e of each day, whether it be sports, you know, MLB, NBA. Of course, NBA finals are over now. But, uh, you know, when football rolls around, of course, horse racing, we do a bunch of horse racing, of course. But, you know, everyone always is emailing us asking, hey, you know, like you, you, you bought, you know, I bought your package or whatever. And it's like, I don't know what to play or which one do you like most? Well, now, you know, like you say, what do you like most today? That's exactly what I like most. Not only what I like most, what I'm playing today. So, uh, the best, best page racing dudes.com. Just click on best bets every day. Um, you know, it, we, and that's the thing too. Like sometimes there's sometimes Halterman might have six, seven, sometimes, you know, Sunday, I don't think you had any, mm -hmm. um, it just kind of depends on, on, uh, on what you like. Yeah, it's a great page. Like I said, to get other people involved in it, other people that want to uh, put their picks out there, we can we can put them on the website there, and they've they've got their opportunities. So it's fun. We keep track of all the records, all the uh, profits or losses. Um, you know, we got leaderboards, everything like that. So anything you need to know is on there about how each handicapper is doing. You could search by you know how they doing this week, how they're doing overall, how they've done the last month, thing things like that. So it's pretty cool. And yeah, I think it's um. Like I said, we do a lot of racing on there, and uh, but you know, for people like my dad and and you know all of us, kind of give some picks for other stuff that we do well at, right? And so sports is yeah. a big one for for all of us. We we have sports picks, and uh, uh, it's really cool. Like Magic does CFL, and he does really well. He can do <laughs> CFL picks now, so it's a really cool thing to do. We can kind of expand from horse racing a little bit. And like I said, we'll have a lot of horse racing on there too, but kind of give everybody their opportunity for their own little niche. And uh, I think people are having fun with it. Now we're kind of promoting it out there and, and people can really start to be aware that it's out there. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like we just got this going the last, you know, month or so. And, you know, obviously it, it's funny, you know, not you're, you're talking to guys that are very much not baseball guys. Um, and when you got this going and of course you're making bets and it's like, yeah, I'll watch baseball. Uh, it's it's amazing what betting does, and uh, obviously when football gets here, we'll, it will be nuts. But yeah, you can see everything here um, as far as what we've hit, what we haven't hit. You know, and even there's a leaderboard here. You can you can narrow it down to you know in the AHL or whatever. Um, 
you can go down to uh, uh, up here to you can click on a name like, like Halterman's. You know, he's got the it's got not just the plays that he's got available or you know right now, but also recent pick history, what that's hit, what hasn't. Man, you're three and three in a row misses. Yeah, I know. I missed the last one last night and two already today. So uh, missed by one run all three games. Nice. That's brutal to watch mm-hmm. some of these games, yeah. <laughs> especially when you don't give a shit about the teams. Um, I learned a lesson, too, a couple weeks back. I was like, I'm never betting the Cardinals ever again. Ooh. I texted you the other day. I said, can't do it. Cannot do it anymore. That is, if you, especially because I, I like to look at, uh, I do a lot more for myself. I do a lot more of the, um, like props, whereas you're more teams. Like I like to, you know, strike over strikeouts, under strikeouts, over yeah. runs, that kind of stuff. And it's brutal when you have the Cardinals and you have them like at plus four and a half or, or four and a half over for the, for the run total. And you just sit there, watch every inning, have two or one guy on base and never get a run in. It's absolutely brutal. And I finally had enough with it. So there's, yeah, so I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Dennis has had a rough time with it. Well, he, he quit trying too. That's the other problem. Like he hasn't put on a bet in, in 10 days as I look at it. So, um, yeah, he got a little frustrated, but look, I mean, it can happen to anybody. Um, you know, you look at my total there for the, for the time we've been doing it, I'm up 1800, but I was up uh 2000 going into the day, you know, and I've been up to 2100 uh, at times. So you, you go up and down with this stuff and, you know, you just if you lose, you just keep keep going. But as long as you keep doing the same thing, you're, you as far as what you believe in and, and making positive expected value bets, you'll be okay. You're going to go up and down, but you'll be long term. You'll be fine. Yeah, dude. The other day I had I had the Heat uh, first quarter money line plus two hundred, which was nuts. I can't believe we got plus two hundred, which cash closely, but cash. And then I had Max Dress over one and a half assists. And like the dude had one assist, like first part of the game. I was like, this is bank that one too. He had one, he played the only one that played more minutes on that team uh, that night was Jimmy Butler. Yeah. And he stayed at one assist the whole game. <laughs> those things. Are, but you know, I love those kind of bets. I, you know, you're more of a win kind of better. I like to play those kind uh, mostly so I can, Ideally, I can get a game over with earlier, so I don't have to. Stop. I could stop watching it. Yeah, no, I mean that was that was horrible. Uh, and I thought you had one assist in the first minute of the game. Basically, I thought, oh yeah, you you got this with no problem. Um, I think I think the big thing, and, and we knew this coming in, but now it's it's posted right there on the website for people to see. Look at Jared's record: twenty three and twenty two. Look at his profit. $5,713. Now look at Vinny's record, 27 and 31, $2,100 profit. Look at my record, 59 and 59, $1,800 profit. So the number one thing, everybody listening to this, whether you want to buy the best bets or not, the biggest thing you need to learn is it is not about a winning percentage in this game. It is about making bets that make you money, right? Like, you, you, you're going to miss wagers. That's the biggest thing I had to learn. I, no matter what, I, if I pay, play all favorites, I'm about 500. So if I play all long shots and, and dogs and I'm 500, you're well ahead rather than playing favorites and you're well behind. So making plus money wagers and then in horse racing, making, you know, you got to have, you know, four or five, six to one on, on something. 
to make it a best bet. I mean, that's, that's the thing that, that we learned a long time ago and you can learn by looking at these stats, you know, hitting 50% of your bets, that's, you're not going to impress anybody saying you've done that, but look at the profits and it's all about that. Look at magic starting off strong in the CFL here. I mean, Mm -hmm. just, Oh, one after another. <laughs> he's hit like, what is that? Six straight? My goodness, this guy. I, I think he's the best CFL handicapper I know. He's also the only. He's the only, I was going to say. How many do you know? Um, and no, like you like you kind of said, and, and, and Mikey kind of pointed out, like, yeah, I mean, like, look at, like, I hit on Sunday, I hit this exacted for $3,200, yep. which was nuts. But I mean, like, you know, if you go back, I mean, most of my uh, exactas are, yeah, if I hit, I mean, like my high prior to that was maybe five to $800. Um, and they're frustrating to play because, you know, the way I play them, I, mean, I sometimes, I sometimes will play them straight. Sometimes I play them like that, where I really thought the seven would run well. The seven was a big price. The two and the five I like to win. I think one of those will win. Hopefully, this, you know, that kind of thing. And it's always frustrating when, say, the two and the five run one, two, and I don't have it, but yet I had them both in the win spot. So, the way I play exactas specifically are very annoying and it can be very frustrating. That's what I would tell people that, that do end up tailing me at some points. Like these exactas, man, like I've, I've done really well with them. Obviously I'm very much plus ROI on this, but there's a lot of days, a lot of weeks that are very frustrating, but you just takes one. And that, I mean, obviously um, that shows it there. So. Yeah. I mean, you said it, you hit that huge exacta and boom, look at you. you you just shoot up the leaderboard, but say you didn't bet it and you it go minus at 3,200. You're still, you're at 500 and you're up over $2,000. These are hundred dollar base uh, bets most of the time, 50 or a hundred. So, um, but, but it just shows you that's the importance of it. It is so hard, no matter what you're doing or what you're betting to have a record where you're 70%. Right. It's 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 just it's impossible. Even if you're betting favorites, they lose a lot. I'm talking about sports favorites. So you got to make the bets that make sense from from a positive expected value situation. I mean, it's 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 a secret to the game. And like I said, incredible job by you. You got the exact. And now, I mean, you're I don't think you're ever going to be in the minus after that. (laughs) (laughs) If you do, we're probably going to have to remove you from the ultimate cold streak. If I if I go to the negatives from that. Yeah, but um, but yeah, I mean, it, it just shows you. And like said, he, he risked a hundred bucks and it returned, uh, you know, uh, three thousand. And those those are the kind of plays. And if you miss them, you just kind of go, yeah, but you know what? I, I I had an opportunity to make X amount that was a big amount and an amount that made sense for me. And I'll give myself that same opportunity on something I like tomorrow, right? And you can see you can miss four or five in a row, but if you keep giving yourself that opportunity and that one hits, all of a sudden you really skyrocket. Yeah. And it's, it's, I mean, it's really all you, you know, we've preached it a lot where it's like, you just got to keep, whether it be in, in sports or in horses, you just got to keep playing the same, you know, handicapping the same way and playing the same way. I mean, as long as your sound, your strategy is sound um, and whether it's horse racing or, or sports or whatever, just stay, stay consistent with it. And, you know, you will be profitable, but mm-hmm. if you start switching things up and, um, you know, I think the betting Bible can be a, a really good example of that, you know, we had, I would say an historically bad Derby and Oaks. I mean, not, <laughs> it's like, you know, like the perfect storm literally. And ever since it's been awesome. 
And yep. so it's just, and before that, it was awesome. It just came out of nowhere and it happens, but I didn't change anything. And if anything, I learned some some stuff from it, you know, and and just move forward. So um, you got to kind of have to have that mentality. I mean, that's part of betting. You got to have that mentality of, wow, that sucks. That was really bad. But, you know, they have 12 races tomorrow. I'll bet yep. those two, you know. Yeah. I, I think the biggest key, whether you're betting sports or whether you're betting horses, is to keep that level headedness and that it's, it's tough sometimes to do, but you know, a recent example and Samich, I were talking about this a little bit earlier. Uh, the, the Miami Marlins were uh, plus plus one sixty five yesterday in baseball in Seattle, and they'd gotten just crunched the first two games. And I think a lot of people react that, you know, they react to that. They get emotional about it. They're like, well, the Marlins will never be able to beat them. And so they drove the price up. The betting drove the price up on the Marlins. Then you look at it and it's like, well, their best pitchers on the mound before they, these two games, they didn't play very well. They were playing extremely well. And, and, and it's like, well, everything really kind of points to the Marlins. It's about a toss up game, but because the public reacted so negatively to two baseball games, that price floated up. And all of a sudden, Betters can go, bam, we'll take advantage of that. And win or lose, you're betting on something that's a higher price than what it should be. That's the key to the whole thing. You cannot get yep. mad at somebody or yourself or be reactionary. Just keep that level-headedness. Let the emotions kind of play the play the prices in your favorite. You just keep level-headed and, and do what the do what you're kind of not your system, but kind of what your beliefs are, and just keep keep going on those trying to find those prices that that are what they shouldn't be. Yep. It's all about finding and not only finding, but creating. And last weekend is a great example of the Belmont. That card was very chalky. We kind of thought it'd be chalky. It came yep. in very chalky. And the idea is to find, create value, create positive EV situations. You know, if you yep. really like that pick three late in the card, pound it. If you really think the double will pay, you know, or you love the way the will pays look or whatever, pound that, you know, you don't, you can still create positive EV. Like I, I tell you all the time, it's like, listen, if this may win or not, if I've got this, like, you're telling me I can get, I think it was like 25 to one on uh, Cody's wish. What was the middle one? The up to the mark. And what was the other one? There was another one. Uh, uh, was it, oh, was Caravelle. Caravelle, Cody's wish, up to the mark. And you're telling me I got 25 to one on that? Mm-hmm. 23 to one, something like that? It's like, that's wild. I mean, yeah, you got to get through the first two legs. You're like, okay, so now you're telling me I've got 20. And actually, I had I had up to the mark and uh, Ottoman, whatever. And, you know, it's like I have those two horses, and they're both paying 20, on average, 24 to 1. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just wild. Like, that's how you win or lose. It's like I got to this race with this position. That's how you create value. Well, and the same thing, yours worked out. And, and then for two of mine, playing exact is with what I, I thought were the two best horses and playing it for $20 and, and, and noses twice cost me $500 on that card, you know, yeah. um, $500 in exact where Casa Creed got nosed out late, uh, by, by a big invasion. And then, uh, Ottoman fleet gets nosed out late. I mean, and with him extremely late, uh, oh. by, uh, can the, the uh, soldier rising horse. So, that was disgusting. Just playing big exactas with the two logical horses. Literally, one nose comes in. I'm two hundred and fifty dollars more ahead. Mm-hmm. Both of them come in. I'm five hundred ahead of where I was, and 
as much as that sucks and as much as I'm like, God, that is just gross. Again, what I'm saying is you can't be like, well, I'm never doing that again. That would be stupid if I would say that because it was just, it's just the variance didn't go my way. If those do go my way, that's a pretty easy 500 bucks on horses that you really like. So it's just one of those things that you, you didn't get the luck, but the bet was right. I gave myself an opportunity to make a lot of money on horses that were short prices. Yeah. I mean, you're telling, like, I, you know, I think I almost profited for the whole day, like close to 400 bucks. And that was on horses like Clary Air and yep. Cody's Wish and up to the mark. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, we weren't talking about, you know, these crazy prices that had to come in to make that happen. You know, it's just all about, you know, not mine was, you know, I got more of the, um, you know, the luck, whereas you didn't. And, uh, that's just kind of, but you, like you said, like, I think you, if they did it again tomorrow, even though, even knowing the results, you're like, I would still do that again because that, how that was a great value. It just, yeah. It, and that's, it's what we, it's what we talk about and and people can choose to listen to this or not, but it's, this thing is all about creating value, whether that be, I hate the favorites, yeah. And I'm going to create value that way, or I love the favorites. Now let's figure out a way that I can play these favorites where we are going to get a payout from this. And I'm, you know, I'm again, if you would have told me Caravel over, over, uh, you know, Costa Creed's going to pay 13 to one. I'm sorry. I'm taking that every day. I don't care about your other horses that you might like in there. I think these are the two best, right? And it, that's what it was paying. So at the end of the day, yeah. I mean, you're very bummed that it didn't come in. But you're like, look, that's that's the best play that I thought I could make on that, you know. Um, yeah. So my favorite is when we had a comment. I think I posted the results of the betting bible this from this weekend. There was a comment on Twitter about something like, because I, you know, I I had like a hundred and ten percent plus ROI on Saturday, and mm-hmm. someone was like, wow, you know all three favorites, you know, all three favorites in that pick three. That's, that's great. It's it. it that's why I don't get on Twitter anymore. And it's like, it blows my, I, I, it blo- so you're just supposed to not play the pick three. I mean, because you see like, and so many people do, it's like, Oh, that looks chalky. Can't play that. I look at it the other way. That's why I don't get on there anymore. There's too many people that don't know what they're talking about, but they have a very loud voice and they make fun of people that do know. And then they get, people to follow them because I think it's funny to make fun of people. And so then it's like, there's a whole grove of people that are following this person that really has no idea what they're doing, but they're following it because they think it's funny that they make fun of other people. And I mean, it's, it's crazy to me how that has become okay in our society and how it's cool to make fun of people (laughs) and how easy it is for other people to make people feel bad. And it's even worse when that person is attacking somebody that actually does this for a living. And it's like, this is crazy. Why am I on here? Like these people, <laughs> it's, 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 it's a toxic place. And oh yeah. So that's kind of it. I, I, that again, it's just like, I just don't need that kind of anxiety, anxiety in my life. And then what do you do? You, you, you argue with them and then their band of people are all against you. And then your band of people and you are all against them. And it's a big fight and it's ridiculous, but yeah, I mean, look, those people with that mindset that only do one thing or another, that's that's the problem. You 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 can't just I'm just this or I'm this that. You need to look at the board and and find the most likely outcome 
that's paying the best, whether that is, I hate favorites and I'm going to try to go against them or I love the favorites. Now let's find out a way because I'm not going to bet three or four horses that I hate just because of their price. Cause I just bet long shots every race. It's okay to bet long shots when you believe that those are the highest uh, outcomes versus what the payouts are. And that's the best wager to make. That's fine. It's just, but if, if that's all you do, then you're doing it wrong. You need to be flexible. You need to take every race as its own separate thing and then attack that race based on the horses you like and the payouts that you can get. I mean, that's the simple way to put it, but that's, that's, that's wagering no matter if it's racing or, or baseball or whatever that, that is wagering. I mean, and, and like, it just, it just, it, it, it's not like the first time we've heard this. So it, it's like, Oh yeah, I, I've heard that before where it's like, but it's just wild for me to, and I don't know why it surprises me, but it's just wild for me to think that like, so I just not only, I, it wasn't like, it wasn't like if I would have played like five deep, three deep, six deep in that pick three, then you're exactly. like, okay, I get it. That's ridiculous. It was a very, very aggressive, very thin pick three that I pounded. Um, and it's like, I get it that there were favorites, but I also just laid out how I made 25 to one on that. So your, your alternative is that I should have, it would be better to pick the not favorites of all those legs. And I wouldn't have hit it by the way. (laughs) So it's like, is that better to just hit, go against the favorites, even when you think the favorites is going to favorite is going to win. No, I mean, that's what they think. Yes. It's like, well, you can't, Every 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 argument from the from people like that as well. Long term, that won't work. It, it will if that's not what you do every time. Like I, I think people see a ticket and go, "Well, this is how this guy plays every single time." Yeah. It's yeah. like, well, no, obviously not. I mean, you can you only know, play how it's presented to you. You know what exactly. I mean? Exactly. I mean, you got a you've got a, a sequence where there's three favorites that are beatable. Okay, leave them out. Play combinations. You know, you can play it for a lower amount, but if you got three that you like raise the base amount play very very few combinations and try to pound it it's yeah. i mean it's it's how mike samich has won a lot of tournaments it's how the tournament winners usually win them right um if it's a try and you think the three favorites are going to come in you, you play them straight and you play no combinations you just play them straight you play them for 20 bucks you hope they come in i mean it's it's really not something that's an evil thing to do or a stupid thing to do it's it's just it, here's how I see the race. Now this is what I'm going to do. I, right. I, I you've just, gotta, you've I've got to react understood. to how you see the race. You go ahead. Yeah. I mean, you said you're saying it, but you have to. You can't say, "Well, I really love the two to five, and I really love the two to one, but I can't play that. I'm going to play the five to one and the eight to one instead." Like that makes no sense. I mean, sure, that might hit one time every once in a while because that's just racing, right? But you can't. If you see three races in a row, we're like, well, I think the favorite's going to win. I think the favorite's going to win here. I think the favorite's going to win here. It's like, well, then what do you, you, you figure out a way to play it. Well, so you figure out a way to play it or you skip it. I mean, you can skip it if you don't want to do that. And that's, that's okay too. Well, yeah, of course you pick your spots. Um, but if you, if, if you go through the whole card and you're looking at like, it seems chalky, well, then you're like, all right, how do I you know, how do I kind of attack this, you know? And uh, obviously it's tough for us when you have to make the, the picks beforehand, but if you're playing the will pays or seeing the will pays and those kind of things live, then you can make a lot of really well-educated decisions 
mm-hmm. live by saying, well, I really do like this horse. And I really thought it'd be a lower price on, on the exacted, but it's not. So there's where I'm going to play, you know, and, and vice versa. Or maybe you really like the favorite uh, yeah. with, with the horse underneath. You're like, wow, I can't believe I'm getting that price, you know, on that exacted. I'll play that. So some, you just got to be very flexible, but base it I- off of how you handicap the race. Sorry, this has been, did not mean for this to keep going. <laughs> well, I, you know, honestly, but, I think, I think this discussion we're having will be better than anything else on the show. As far as something that, as far as usefulness of something you could use every day. And that's why I don't really mind that we're keeping going on it because I just can't understand the, wow, look at Cody's wish. He, there's no chance he can lose. All right. Let's see. Who's, let's see who we could get. Let's see if we can get him out of this try. Right. I, I can't, you can't sit here and tell me long-term that's going to win. <laughs> I just, you just can't. No, not long-term. No. no way. So to me, you know, and again, if you got a favorite and you hate them, great, get them out. Let's see if we can get them out. You know, Hey, I, we'll talk about a race at Monmouth. I, I don't like a favorite and I'm going to be all, all in against him. So, and I think people, people see it's like, Oh, he's playing a favorite. He's just, he just plays favorites all the time. And it's like, no, it's just, no, no, that's sure not, but okay. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's, there's time and a place and, yeah. And yeah. that you can play a favorite. Um, I, I don't, I'm not, I, I don't disagree with playing favorites, but I also am not afraid to take a stand against one too. Um, so it's just all about the timing of it. You know, whenever you look at a card and it's like Cody's wish, I think is unbeatable. I think it's either Caravelle or Costa Creed. I think it's either Ottoman or I think it's uh, up to the mark, you know, and I don't really see anything, pa- anything past those horses is going to surprise me. Well, here's how I create value, you know. Um, honestly, I, I I don't play a lot of pick threes, but I thought, you know, I like all three of those legs quite a bit as far as the way that's structured. Mm-hmm. Um, and in fact, I even pounded even higher uh, Casa Creed single, single, single pick three. And look, look at Samich. I mean, yeah. that dude, he pounded up, was it pick five, I think, or pick six? Pick uh, five, pick five. Uh, yeah. yeah, where he sing like all singles and mm-hmm. he went four or five, um, mm-hmm. and damn near hit the thing. And, um, you know, and so it's just one of those things that you can still make money on these days without having to get some crazy price home, you know? Well, I think last point, unless you got other stuff that I'd like to make on this is you didn't play like eight pick threes all pounded on this card. You played one. And yeah. that's, that's the thing. Like, I think yeah, people exactly. think like you got to play races one, three, one through three, the same way you play two through through four, the same way you play three through five. No, you don't. You can do whatever the hell you want to do. You can use your brain and go, well, this sequence really doesn't play how I like to play or how I want to do it. Whoa, this one does. This one sticks out to me. Okay, I'll take a shot there. Right. Yep. And so anyway, that's well, it's is it was as simple as looking at it and saying, okay, I think these this this three race sequence is I think I know the who's gonna win all of them. Mm-hmm. You know, it's as cocky as that sounds, but something you have to have confidence and you know, that's the other thing. Your bet should show how you feel about that race. Yeah. You shouldn't someone sh- shouldn't be able to look at your bets and be like, who do you like in this race? No, you should be able to know who I like in these races. And I felt very confident in that. So I was like, okay, now I can't just let that pass by not playing it because I, even though I think I'm going to hit all those races. So let's play a pick three, you know? And I, again, I don't, 
I, I'm, in fact, I don't ever seek those out really, but it just kind of made sense there. So, um, with the Belmont, you know, I didn't feel as confident in the Belmont or I may have played a pick four. Um, I just like those three. So that's what I did. Yep. All right. <laughs> that's it. That's it. No, I'm just kidding. Um, all right, let's get to today's show. Uh, hopefully we, you guys learned a little something there. Um, let us vent a little bit as well. Uh, we're going to recap the 2023 triple crown season, which featured many twists and turns along the way, which horse is the best as of right now, who will be the best at the end of summer. We will answer those questions and more. Then we're going to get some rapid fire selections for the stakes action at Belmont park and Monmouth Park this weekend. Let's go. Yeah, okay, shoddy aliens. I agree. Have you, have you talked to... I, I actually told Halterman about this. <laughs> they know. He, he thinks I'm crazy. Well, no, I don't think you're crazy. It's just like I... We talked about this on the sports show. It's like, I just... Our I hope- don't... I want evidence. I just haven't seen evidence. That's There's the problem. I, I think I think we have a better chance of seeing aliens than we've seen Cave Rock. Mike. Oh, I would agree with that. <laughs> yeah, I would agree with that. <laughs> uh, I, 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 sadly. So he did see him, just like we did see aliens over the weekend as well. I think so. Wait, he's saying he saw Cave Rock? Oh, saw him gallop. Whew. There goes that worry. Man, I was worried. Okay. Gal, good. good start. When will we see him? We should take... What are the odds on we see an alien or cave rock first? As far as cave rock in a race? Yeah. Uh, How about win a race? Can we go that far? I think if we see him, he'll probably win. Um I'd say, well, listen, I don't, I, I don't know. That's a tough one. Maybe, <laughs> maybe neither. Maybe that one pushes. Yeah. Even Mike says alien. So. Oh, well, that's a, that's a bad sign. Listen, I, 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 I seriously, I seriously think we're like less than 10 years away from having solid proof of aliens existing. Huh? Huh? I'm just saying. I I hope. And, I, and, and by the way, I'm not like one of those, like, I don't believe in Bigfoot. I don't believe in a lot of the that kind of shit, Loch Ness Monster, whatever. Like, I'm not one of those guys. But aliens, I'm just, I'm here for it, man. I, I just think, mm-hmm. think it's the real deal. Mm-hmm. Come on. I need this guy to have uh, two more strikeouts, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh. Darth Vader says, good handicappers always stay with their playbook, and if they miss, they should always reevaluate why they missed. I agree with that. Dude, and and you're right, Darth. Like, that's one of the – and that's the thing, like, that the betting Bible has and – and not and just, like, anybody should have their own betting Bible, you know, where mm-hmm. you can go back through that day and digest it, what went wrong, what did you hit, you know, kind of like what we were talking about earlier where it's like, hey, like, I would have done that again, even though I knew it didn't hit, you know. So it's all about – going back through or the other way being like that was stupid like why did i play that or that you know, i should have played and that, and that happened a lot for the first couple bibles we did where i was like oh that was dumb um and even halterman i know and i'll let you kind of touch on it a little bit but you know you kind of have shifted away from the wind bets um and into the exactos and doubles uh based off of kind of you know the evidence you've seen and just like the success the, the uh, success rate 
I touched on the wind bets a little earlier, uh, a couple, three or four weeks ago. Uh, Darth, I, I don't know. You may have been on the show. Maybe not. I thought I recognized your name from, from that show. Maybe not, though. But uh, I, 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 my theory on the wind bets now is I, I used to think they were a great play, and I don't think so anymore. I think the computer money bets down those logical horses so much now that you're not getting paid enough on those wind bets to do it. Uh, you got to be real careful. And you also got to be careful. So a lot of times these horses are getting pounded once they leave that gate, you know, that late money that comes in. So yeah, I've had to pivot. Um, and I think in racing, especially you have to really stay in touch with what's happening because that's a uh, computers are not a new problem, but the amount is a problem that is getting worse is how I would say it. So yeah, the wind bets, I've kind of had to shy away and go to more of the exactas and the doubles because I don't think they get pounded quite as much. Um, so that's just, yeah, yeah, keeping track of it and adjusting uh, to how you see how you see it going. Because, you know, the bottom line is if you're betting a horse and you think he's going to be seven to five, let's say, and he goes off at three to five, that is a significant problem when you're trying to plan your wagers. Yeah. Yeah, and, and that we've had times where, you know, as we try to, you know, be very with, with how we like, hey, you know, we didn't do it at first. And we realized it was a problem. Like, hey, you know, if this horse is, you know, whether it be an exacta or even the wind bets, where it's like, hey, if this horse is even money or less, don't play him. You know, it's, I'm not interested. And a horse will be even money and then they'll go leave the gate in a three to five. And you're like, well, what do you do? You know, it's yeah. impossible to do those. And so it's almost gotten to where, like you're saying, where you're like, I mean, the exactas can fluctuate a little bit in the doubles and stuff, the wheel pays, but not much. You know, it, it you can generally get a pretty solid idea of what they're paying prior without any kind of issue. Yep. Yep. But, but the wind bets are like all over the place. Um, all right. We're going to do a little recap here. We'll go through these pretty quick here because obviously we've talked for 40 minutes almost on – betting but that's good because uh i'm not really wanting to talk too much about the triple crown anyway well so. you know what's really funny is we were kind of like what are we going to do and boy did something actually really good happen on the show so that's good listen that's what's funny is these are conversations that halterman and i have all the time together off air about especially when we're when we're coming up with you know the bible bets and things like that kind of bouncing ideas off of each other so I mean, I, it only makes sense that we could do this <laughs> live yep. on air for everybody to chime in on. Hopefully it helps some people because I, I, it's funny. I never would have gotten to a point where I thought I was going to be picking or playing doubles and exactas and things like that. And here I am, like, I love playing those, you know, mm -hmm. that's what I'm about. So, <laughs> yeah. The doubles especially for me I, I never really liked them and boy i started keeping track and kind of kind of looking on the back end of things it's like well man you know what <laughs> these aren't as hard to hit and the payouts are pretty good so yeah yeah anyway. and they're into the stretch and two fills has turned for home on top king's barnes here's mage coming struggling down the outside angel and empire is putting it in All right, that's a wrap on this year's Triple Crown. No Triple Crown this year, but the Triple Crown is over. The Kentucky Derby, the Preakness, and the Belmont. We are officially heading into the summer racing. 
at Del Mar and Saratoga, of course, across the country as well. But those are the main races, main tracks we'll see kind of the three-year-old racing uh, take place this summer. But we thought we'd just put a final bow on all three legs of the Triple Crown this year, maybe relive some of the the, the highs and the lows and uh, go through each leg of the Triple Crown. And uh, just kind of, like I said, just wrap each one up. Like as soon as we're done talking about it, it's like, let's move on. Uh, let's start things off with the Kentucky Derby. Of course, so many things went on in this race, not not just the race, but before the race when we had, you know, scratch after scratch and then including Forte. And we, we knew days before that this was probably going to happen, but they didn't announce it till Saturday morning, which was a mess for us. Everybody that made their bets or were betting Forte's out. No Forte in the race. Mage, the horse that Forte has beat, had beaten. Uh, a couple times in a row, went on to win Kentucky, the Kentucky Derby, beat over two fills, over over Angel of Empire. Um, the favorite was Angel of Empire. Tabit Trice was also right there close as well. Mage wins the Kentucky Derby. Maybe not the way, like him winning the race wasn't surprising necessarily, especially after Forte scratched, but the way he did it was. Yeah, no, absolutely. He was just... Uh is it just me or does it feel like that race was like five years ago? You know, yeah. uh, it's just like, that was a different time back then. You know what I mean? I it was know. a different world we lived in then. Yeah. It really was a bizarre world. Uh, two of the worst days of my life actually. But anyway, glad we're <laughs> reliving that today. Uh, Mage certainly was super, super impressive, too impressive because he was so impressive. You got overconfident in the Preakness. So that was yeah. nice. Thanks. But anyway, he was really impressive on this one. Uh, two fills as well. He, he ran a great race. So did Angel of Empire, all three of them in this one. Um, it was an exciting Kentucky Derby, a big performance. Hopefully we see these guys come back. Hopefully uh, all three of these horses are listed here have a big summer because we have a wide open summer. And so that's what makes us fun. We're going to see two fills coming up in the Ohio Derby next weekend. So we'll see if he can kind of get going, get his summer going. That's weird. I mean, I, I don't, I don't know. The, the path they've taken with two fills has been very odd to me because it's like, <laughs> you think, <laughs> I mean, one, they prep him on the synthetics and then, of course, then we don't know what he is going in the Derby. Turns out he is really good. But then it's like we don't see him anymore on the Triple Crown. Now he's going to the Ohio Derby. I mean, not to say like whatever. We've seen horses go to the Ohio Derby before. But it's like two fills kind of ran a race where you're like, oh, shit, he's really good. And then you're like, wait, where is he? And now he's in the Ohio Derby. So, again, it's like we can't get to a situation with him where it's like even in the Derby, you're like, you, if you used him, you used him defensively because you didn't know what he was. And now you're like, what is he now? I don't know. Maybe he's not very good. Now he's in the Ohio Derby. So how do you even play him there? Um, he's a weird horse. Weird, weird situation with how they you said it. Yep. You said it well. You said it very well. I agree with all points. It's it's odd that you go to fairgrounds and you go to the turfway, you know, to the Jeff Ruby. And then now we're in Ohio. Look, I, I, I sort of love that he's at Ohio because I love these little tracks having the bigger races i think that i just think that's fun um so i love that he's going there but it is odd for sure i'm not saying it's not odd you're right so we'll see and i mean the other two here i would say you know more of your logical uh haskell jim dandy travers type races for them yeah um yeah we'll see what we're mage and i mean angel of empire obviously ran in the in the belmont we'll talk about him more in a little bit but you know we'll see him a lot this summer as well you would think but um, you know, Mage, like I said, it was one of those cases where you 
you wouldn't have if you would have said if he's going to be right there, you know, right in front of Tappet Trice early in this race, you'd been like, well, the only reason I would have picked Mage, and the only reason you kind of liked Mage, the only reason Samich was interested in Mage, I mean, I wouldn't say the only reason, but a big reason was, you know, maybe he breaks better. I don't think he's been breaking as bad as it seems. He'll break better, be closer positioned, you know, and whereas uh, he could take advantage of that. Well, he did break okay, but then he's in second, third, fourth to last, you know, and then. The way he just, I mean, he was like on go the whole way around, just rounded over horses, went through holes and just kind of, I mean, just just crushed him, really. He just ran a massive, massive race. And you just never, you can expect him to win. You just didn't expect him to win that way, which, like you said, kind of made you overconfident with him heading into the Preakness because you're like, well, shit, he can do that. Like, he can, he can beat that field in the Preakness. You said it. He That's exactly what way. happened. Absolutely. <laughs> and uh, you're on fire today. Absolutely right. Yeah. And I mean, you know, that's, why, that's why they pay me a lot of money to be on the show. So. Correct. Yes. The video is private, it says. Good job. But uh, anyway, we, so, yeah, I, I, don't, I blame Magic for that, by the way. So. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm going to take down. Um, <laughs> anyway. Uh, <laughs> that's you know, Magic's fault. Our, but yeah, it is all Magic's fault, actually. The, the, but uh, 100%. But uh, Paul, our buddy Paul, said, hey, I'm really going to look for the athletic horse for next year's Derby. I want to, I want to find that athlete because he's like, Mage was really athletic and that's, how I did it. I said, okay, well, number one, that's, uh, you know, that's why I picked angel of empire. I thought, boy, he showed a lot of athleticism. I think I'll pick him in the Belmont and he didn't show it. And two, how do you how, show me how to identify the athlete, most athletic horse? <laughs> Give me a break I mean, right now. <laughs> I now I, and I, I, yeah, I agree. Like, that's the thing about Mage that when you look back, I, I kind of was like, man, you know, I, that, was, that was not as bad. As, no, no, not say it was a bad pick, but why, where you could have got there. Like I told Samich, like, listen, even if he doesn't run well or he doesn't break like you think or whatever, he's shown that he has that. You know, we saw it in the, in the, uh, in the Florida Derby. We saw it in the Fountain of Youth where if he doesn't break well, he still has this big run and makes a big run, and he's, he's a kind of a versatile horse. And so you kind of had the feeling of even if he doesn't do, you know, doesn't run well or doesn't break well, he, he'll give you a run, won't embarrass you with that pick, you know, especially considering he was a semi-long shot. Um, and then, of course, he just kept, keeps going, you know, and, and just mm-hmm. keeps, keeps running and uh, ran, in, ran, ran himself right into the favorite uh, of the Preakness, and that uh, we'll move there now. And National Treasure taken on by Blazing Sevens. Mage wanders inside. Still work to do with him. National Treasure digging in. Blazing Sevens. Mage is third. It's National Treasure. It's Blazing Sevens putting on a show in the Preakness. Who's it gonna be? It's gonna be National Treasure. John Velasquez gets his Preakness, and Bob Baffert has won his eighth one. Another race that we. <laughs> I mean, we were, I think we were live on this show when we were like, uh-oh, I think first mission might be scratching. Yep. And he did. Um, first mission scratched. I don't, we may not ever see first mission again. Um, it seems, but uh, you know, he he scratches from the race. The race was already kind of sad, anyways, between him and Mage. Uh scratch from the race. Now it's like, oh well, Mage, Mage can win this easily. Like, how how can he not win this, especially without first mission? And then you get closer and closer to the race post time. You're like, how are the odds like this? How are you? You're getting, I don't know. What, what was he like 
eight to he, seven to five, something like that. I think he ended up being seven to five. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, dude, this is wild. I thought it'd be seven to five with first mission in the race. And so it, it just, he kind of felt like it was too good to be true. And it was, yeah. uh, Mage just clearly, I mean, he was, he was, I mean, yeah, there was no pace in the race. National treasure took advantage of the no pace, but Mage was awful. I mean, if he's, if he runs anywhere near like the, the Derby and of course the buyers came back that way. Um, he wins that race national treasure. And I think we can look at this race. Sorry, shoddy, cover your ears, shoddy. In the next 20 seconds, cover your ears. I think we can look at this race now and say, wow, this is the shittiest race of the three. Like national treasure was nowhere to be found in the Belmont. He was awful, awful in the Belmont. He had just took advantage of a shitty race, a mage that was coming off of the two week layoff. Blazing Sevens almost beat National Treasure. It was a ridiculous uh, performance, but one that we have to sit here and say he won the Preakness. No, 100%. And it's, it's yeah, again, apologies. And, and that's not, now, to be very clear, and Jared doesn't mean, hey, if you bet him, that was a crazy bet, because no, you, could, I, you could see that happening. Yeah. So we're we're not saying you got lucky or anything like that. No, you handicapped it well. You could see that that could unfold. He was a very logical horse to use. So, uh, just, just want to, I know some YouTube comments will get out of hand if we don't, we don't say that Jared, but as far as <laughs> this horse being a Preakness winner, it, it's surprising that he was able to win the Preakness based off his talent level. That's just, that's just all there is to it. And that's not me being mean or anything. That's just looking at who this horse has been and, you just wouldn't think that's a Preakness winner, but he is. And so he, he took advantage. He showed up. He was ready. He he was able to walk on the lead and hold off Blazing Sevens. Listen, he did have to fight off Blazing Sevens. He he had to really work for it. But Jared, I think there's probably three or four horses in Barnes out in California right now, three or four probably with the same guy as that has National Treasure that are better than this horse. And we kind of have proof of that. He he ran in two prep races in California, and he he didn't win either one of them, and he wasn't close in either one of them. You mentioned the Belmont. He, he didn't really show up with anything there. I mean, he's just an average horse that was able to win the Preakness. Listen, and we'll, we'll talk about this horse probably in a second when we I ask you a qu- certain question. But, yeah, that trainer has a horse, the other Arabian, Arabian Lion, that I think would have won the last two legs of the Triple Crown. And and I don't know how you can argue that. Uh, he definitely would have won this race. I have no doubt about that. Yeah. Uh, and then I, you can argue the Belmont, I guess. I mean, but I think he would have ran really, you know, he ran a huge day, ran, ran a huge race in the Woody Stevens. I think he would have been uh, really tough there. So, yeah, I mean, I I, I agree, Mike. I mean, Forte, K-Frock, I'm not going to put K-Frock in there. Um, by talent level, sure, K-Frock, you could add him. Forte, for sure. Arabian Horses, yeah. Um, National Treasure is average at best. He just got an average Preakness um, yep. and uh, and took advantage of that. So, you know, Mage was a disappointing part of this race. It was because another it was another time where it was like kind of similar to the Derby where it was like, I'm not surprised that National Treasure won. It's just that, one, he walked. No one pressured him. And two, like Mage, even though he was, he, 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 maybe the pace didn't help him out. He also was really close in that race too. Like he, he was right there with the chance to win it. It wasn't like he was way out of it. He broke better than he's broke his entire career. He just simply didn't have it. Yeah. He just, 
you know, I saw him after the race, kind of like, yeah, I don't know about it. Castellano's right. And it's like, yeah, dude, like he turned for home, like a couple links behind and he went backwards. Like he didn't make up. He just didn't fire. Um, and, and, you know, if he fires and he gets up there and he loses by a nose, you're like, oh man, he, he, he tried, but he just didn't fire. So he didn't show up with his best. And when that happened, like said, it, it gave the opportunity for somebody who's not great to go win it. Yeah. And it's like, it's one of those things too. Like, it's like, if he, uh, if he, if he gets beat by national treasure and it's like, it's, you know, back and forth, kind of similar to blazing sevens, but pick, but mage, you're like, well, he ran, you know, he ran well, you know, national treasure just got stole that thing basically, but he yeah. couldn't even get past blazing sevens. And, you know, it was just clearly didn't happen. So. the belmont stakes after that national treasure you know skips into this race now uh after that preakness win of course he's not listed here because he was awful um archangelo of course right wins the third leg of the triple crown won the peter pan got just an unbelievable you know first female trainer to win any triple crown race that was awesome castellano you know he wins the belmont for the first time he also <laughs> won the D kentucky derby uh, for the first time, he won two of the three legs. It was just, you know, insane. Uh, the, the the triple crown uh, Castellano had. Forte, I think you can look at this race and say Forte and Tapa Trice. Well, I'll say Forte specifically probably ran the best. He just clearly was needed the race, you know, which we was the concern all along. You know, I keyed him in second. I was dead right. I just didn't ever think Archangelo was going to win. Uh, in fact, I thought I was going to hit it when they were in the stretch. It's like Tapatrice is going to win, Forte can get second, and then Archangelo scoots away. But um, I think the real disappointment here was Tapatrice. That he is he is dead to me now. <laughs> <laughs> I hate that horse. I'm so well, glad this, the fantasy league's over so I can stop rooting for him. Yeah, I mean, I I think the there, there's a a really really great story with the winner fantastic it, it, it and you said it about the trainer week we've said it a bunch and that's just awesome simply awesome I'm, I'm sad that it took this long but i'm happy that it happened uh with the female winning a triple crown race that's great now and you get javier castellano who who won the race i mean a great ride saved all the ground and was able to finish just a little bit faster so really really good really really solid for that and great connections great story then you get to the disappointment and really uh, Forte disappointing because you kind of knew that's why you put him in second, Jared. It's like, I know that course is going to try. He's a trier, but you just yeah. kind of knew he wasn't quite going to be ready for this. And then you look at Tapatrice and it's like, yeah, he just sucks. So that was kind of the, <laughs> the, the story of the Belmont that. Yeah. I mean, that was just it. Like there's not a better trier in the, in, well, in the three-year-old anyways, uh, than Forte, like, you know, you look at the, the, the Florida Derby, you know, he should not have even ran close in that race, but he just keeps coming. He just keeps coming. He's got all the guts in the world. He showed it again there. There was a part of this race where you're like, well, he's not gonna, 
fire. Like he's backing up. You know, Tappa Trice went past him. That's saying something. Uh, that's saying a lot. And here he came. You know, mm-hmm. he came and, and got. And I, honestly, when he got to Tappa Trice, Tappa Trice kind of reengaged a little bit. Um, but he just kept coming. I, I do think, yeah, he was the best horse of the race. I agree. Um, it just it was a, whether it be the wide trip on top of you know we hadn't seen the horse and what was it like how many days was it 60 70 days something like yeah. that something crazy um you know and so it was just kind of added up and and I, the thing about it was is like and i got i just want to say this as as the former leader of the tapa trice uh fan club like he everyone's like oh he got a wide trip or oh he broke slow it's like well for one that's what he does every race Two, that's what they wanted to do. They wanted him wide. They wanted them outside. The idea was to do, I mean, I thought the ride was brilliant. I mean, you could argue that he went a little too quick with them, but I mean, you're really picking at, at, at uh, details there because I just feel like everything you wanted to see from Tappa Trice, especially in the mile and a half race, was there. You know, he got into position. I, dude, I, you know, and if you guys watched the live stream, I didn't, I haven't watched it back. But I'm sure, like, I get more and more excited throughout the race. I'm thinking, wow, he's got it in a position. Wow, he's really close. Wow, he's right. He's exactly. You know, I thought, I thought I had it, Halterman. I thought he was home. I, I thought everything went exactly as I laid out. I would have bet him 20 times out of 20 if you would have told me he was in that position at the top of the stretch, and he just simply, I don't know, he just couldn't do it. For him, it was a perfect trip. Well, it was. It for for. That's fair. Yes. For what he is, it couldn't have went any better. Yeah, no doubt. And and, that, and that's a good and that's a good way to say it because yeah. he's such a fucking moron <laughs> that he can't be inside of horses. He's got to be wide. He can't get going early. He can't get position early. So he's got, you know it's like there's all these things. And you said it. You know you he may have ran a little bit better than you thought, but you yeah. still said it prior where you're like, there's just too many things with him that have to happen in order for him to win a race, you know, he has to break. Well, he has to get position. He has, you know, and all these things where it's like you, he, he, the perfect scenario, the perfect storm has to happen for him. He's just, is he, is he super talented? I think he might be, maybe we'll figure it out like next year, but it just, he's, he's a, he's a head case now. Well, and I I think that was the big thing for me. It, It was, you know, a lot of people were making comparisons, him and Mo Donegal. You know, Mo Donegal didn't run good in the Derby, but he's going to he's gonna run good in the Belmont. And you're right, Tapatrice did run better than I thought. But, you know, I, I thought back to Mo Donegal. I was like, I didn't have any question marks about him. I didn't have, well, he, he has to do this or he has to do that. That was all just kind of assumed. Yeah, he'll get a decent enough position. Yeah, he'll finish. You know, all the stuff. Where this screwy horse, it's just like, oh, God. What if he doesn't do this? What if he doesn't do that? And it's just like, yeah, I can't. Uh, it doesn't feel the same to me. And he ran okay, though. I mean, he he, he tried. And look, I, I you know, I think Michael said, hey, Forte is the best horse in this race. I think he was, too. I think if it was a normal distance, he would have won. I just don't think you could be ready for a mile and a half off that layoff. But at the same token, you know, Rodney says, I think Archangel is the real deal. I kind of do, too. I think both things can be true. Right. I think Forte is the best horse coming out of it. I think Archangelo is really freaking good. I, I think both things are true. So I guess that's a good segue. Uh, by the way, Rodney, I think he's, I think the better one is, is, uh, I think Lonnie is, is good, but Tacitus has to be, he has to be Tacitus, right? Yeah. I think he's, I think he's better than Lonnie. 
but the more I look at it, I'm like, yeah, he's he's really Tacitus. Yeah. I kind of I had one of those moments, but I'm assuming that a lot of like if not to, well, this might be maybe I shouldn't say that. That like if you're I had a moment like where you're where you're like look yourself in the mirror and like wow. Like I give so many people shit about Tacitus, you know, our friends that you know, Vinny in particular that that loves Tacitus, and it's like I'm that guy, but with Tappet Trice. I, I had to I, I had to be like, okay, dude, you gotta like I'm I it's a good time. It's a good thing that Triple Crown ended when it did because uh I was like, I need to get off the Tappet Trice fan club bandwagon here. There, I was on that bandwagon for the Derby. I'll tell you the moment I jumped off. I, I the, uh, the exact moment I jumped off when he broke in the Derby and he was in a great position. And I said to myself, I was right. Jared was right. He's going to be in a great spot. This is going to work out great. Win or lose, we were yeah. right. He's going to get the trip. And then within <laughs> two seconds, he dropped his dead last for no reason. And I said to myself, he's a piece of shit, and I don't want anything to do with him ever again. It just the, 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 You went from, like, is this going to work out? Because I had the exact same thoughts. Is this yep. going to work out to, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. And it just slipped away from you. In, in, in two seconds, you went from, I'm going to have a shot to win this thing. If he fires, we're winning, to – we have no shot, and that's totally embarrassing. And yeah, that's well, when I thought, you're dead to me. And, but to be fair, and to even counter that a little bit, is like, I mean, yeah, I guess you could have asked for a little bit less wide of a trip of the Belmont, but he ran the Belmont like I thought he would, was hoping he'd run the Derby, you True. know, and he just yep. didn't. I mean, so it's like he, he could have ran a good, good, a better position and just never never finished that race, you know? And so he could have, but it would have been less embarrassing if he would have gotten <laughs> position. That's true. That's true. Um, all right. So to that point where let's, let's give you the, uh, who's the best three-year-old right now, the triple crown's over. And then well, let's just ask you that question first. Who's the best three-year-old right now? Who, who has accomplished the most or who is the most talented? Who did you rank as your top three-year-old in the NTRA poll? I think I, I ranked Forte number one. I think he is still like the number one horse. I don't know that he's the most talented horse, but I do have him ranked number one. I have him ranked number one as well, Forte. Um, I thought he ran a huge race in the Belmont, all things considered. Hadn't lost, you know, uh, all year. I, yeah, it's just very true, Darcy. So true. Yeah. Uh, he says, it's funny how handicappers turn on their horse only after the horse turned on them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but some handicappers never do, you know, you always, you hold out the hope. Uh, yeah. yeah, I, I think Forte is the horse. Now here's a very interesting, you know, second part to that question. Who will be, who's the top three-year-old, uh, let's say after like the summer, like Saratoga, you know, September 1st ish, let's say who's the third top three-year-old then. And then I'm going to give you a bonus question of who is the three-year-old champion. I think if Arabian Lion can hold the form we currently have seen from him, he is going to have a huge summer and be that one of the top horses uh, September 1st. However, we've seen him go away right, <laughs> and, and be awful. So he's not that reliable, but, his last two races have been better than anything we've seen on the track this year from a talent standpoint. I also believe a horse like go rocket ride could end up being the top one. 
I think Arabian Knight showed more talent than about anybody in that prep. If he can stay healthy, I think he could be one. That's kind of the difference. If you asked this question last year, I think we all would have said, oh, it's Epicenter. If you asked this question two years ago, oh, it'll be essential quality. This year, I don't have a hard answer for you. I mean, Forte could be, but I really think somebody from California like Rocket or uh, or those two Bafferts that I mentioned, they could be as well. I, I think races like the Haskell and the Travers and the Jim Dandy, they're not going to be quite as cut and dry like they were the last couple of years. They're, it's going to be pretty wild this summer, especially if we can get these horses to stay healthy and in good form. Yeah, I mean, well, you know, the fact that you've had, you, you know, really all three legs you had, I wouldn't say long shots, but you had like it, uh, improbable winners, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. And so it just opens the door completely for that, you know, summer season to be the three-year-old. I I think it's going to be one of the Arabian, Rodney, one of the Arabian brothers. Uh, I think it's going to be one of the Arabian brothers this summer. I think say September 1st, because you know, Arabian Knight could go and just dominate the Haskell and, and then dust them in the Travers or whatever. Um, and it could be Arabian Lion. I think Arabian Lion's got a, is a, I had written down Arabian Lion. Yeah. I, you know, I guess the jury's still out with, with the, with Arabian Knight. Um, at the end of the year, I, I think I'm going to stick with Forte just because maybe his body of work is going to be more sound than, than the, the Arabians. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> I guess you could argue like maybe he's going to run, you know, he, I mean, you got, obviously Fletcher already said to have a trice and at least those two and Forte are going to run or point to the, the, the Travers. And so obviously whether it be the Jim Dandy Travers or whatever they end up doing, um, if he wins one of those and then maybe wins one in the fall, like it's going to be hard to push him out unless one of those Arabian horses just completely goes nuts this summer, you know? See, I, I think Arabian Lion is one win away. Like, if he was to win the Haskell, let's say, and I'm, I'm not saying he's going to. I'm just saying that's the if. If he was to go and win the Haskell, that's two straight grade ones, right? So then it's like, well, he's probably number one or number two, and he's right there on the doorstep. But he has to go do it. And, and you know, I think he's really – I thought the dimension he showed of sitting off and exploding, it's like – He's Baffert's got that horse like right all of a sudden. Oh, yeah. And, and it's like, yeah, if we can, if we're a horse that can go to the front and take him gate to wire, but if it's really fast, we can sit and pounce on him. That's the kind that Baffert doesn't lose with, right? So he's really dangerous to me. And I'm, I'm really excited about him. And I'm really pissed that he took, uh, you know, <laughs> the winter and uh, the spring off uh, for my fantasy team, or I probably would have won. I, I feel that strongly, but. He did take those those months off, Jared, and uh, you know now he's here. So we'll he see. was awesome in the Woody Stevens. Like he was really, you know, I'd really love that gold whatever on the outside, and and he ran huge. And then you saw Arabian line, or you know, just like oh shit, like he's he is loaded. Yeah, and he ran a whole new you know a whole new dimension. A lot of people didn't think he could rate. He did, um, and like you said, he showed that he you know we've seen him win on the on the lead. We've seen now we've seen him win off. Yeah, that was going seven furlongs, but. Uh, you know, Baffert's even said before the race, like, I'm going to stretch him back out. I just thought, you know, I have one in the Belmont already. This is a grade one. It's a Woody Stevens. It's a historic race. Like, let's try to go run here. And then we'll, you know, obviously point to the Haskell or whatever. One, one, whoops. One horse that we haven't talked about 
What about practical move? Where do you think you'll see him? What do you think he is? The problem with him for me is I, I do think we'll see him again, right? Um, I'll, by the way, talking about all these kind of moves going forward, go rocket ride. I saw a question earlier. Go rocket rides pointing to Haskell um, as well. So that's another horse uh, along with practical move that you could, we'll start to learn a lot more about, you know, because who knows what go rocket ride really is. Um, my concern with practical move is I was kind of, I didn't know that I didn't think he would want the mile and a quarter before the race, you know, you know, he did scratch from the race. Um, so I'm just hesitant. Like he, like, I think he might be like more of a, you know, mile eighth, mile 16th, even a mile type of horse that where he might flourish. And obviously those races aren't the Haskell, aren't the Travers, things like that, that you'll need to win. Um, the Pacific classic, that you're going to need to win in order to kind of make that case to be the top three-year-old. So I think that's my concern with him. Yeah, I agree with that. And my, also my concern with him is how, how messed up is this horse? Because he has not worked since 428. So he hasn't even had a workout yeah. after this. And like, what? correct me if I'm wrong. It was a fever, wasn't it? Well, that's just it. Yeah. And that's just, yeah. I mean, so that's what, what it was, oh, well, at least supposedly, right? Yeah. And then the same thing that, you know, I wondered the same thing with Go Rocket Ride, you know, because like standing in Derby, it's like always oh, a fever. And then like we didn't even see him work for like over a month, you know. So sometimes they can be really slow with it. Um, I don't I don't know. I, I don't see how practical moves back in time for the Haskell for sure. No, no. has he not uh, had to work? No, no, no. So he, he would be maybe like the shared belief at Del Mar is what they're thinking. I mean, that seems like they would, they would, of course, the Derby or the, the Breeders' Cup is out there. So yeah. um, you, you might not see him lead the state, you know, uh, yeah. for the rest of the year. You know, the Haskell is, we're like a, a five weeks away. Yeah. If he hasn't had to work, he, he ain't going to the Haskell. No. You know? So um, I, I just don't think that's, that's realistic. So um, I don't know, like, and I, I'll be honest, like, I've seen a lot of, like, Mike, I, I don't think Cave Rock, like, I'm going to be really against Cave Rock when he comes back. I just don't like when these horses are, we've seen it before, um, what's the, what was his name? Um, Corniche. Corniche? Yeah, yeah. I mean, is he Corniche? Like, well, I, I don't like the fact that he's like, oh, he's coming back, and he's not, and he's coming back, and he's not, and it's like, oh, he's not had to work, oh, he missed work because of the rain, but, like, he continues to not work or not run in races. It's just, there's something more there than than what is, and I, and those kind of, like, I just think the, he may be a horse that had a lot of issues as a two-year-old and obviously was very good, but I don't know. I just, I can't, I'm going to very much a wait-and-see approach with him. So, no work from him. Um, to me, the earliest you're getting back is like late Del Mar season, probably late Del Mar. I mean, I don't, I think he's much, much better than Corniche. I'll say that, but I'm kind of with you. It's like when he gets back, it just depends on where they spot him on how you're going to look at him, um, and how he's coming into it. But that day at the Breeders' Cup, when I saw him, I thought, ugh, he, he kind of ran like he's tied up in knots a little bit. He was not a very pretty mover. And that kind of leads me to believe you're right. He's got some little issues they're having to work out. So I, it's going to be a while before we see him. And we're just going to have to see how he looks when he comes back. It's really hard 
to put a judgment on him until we see a pattern and we see where he puts him because Baffert's, you know, Baffert put Cornish in that sprint up at Saratoga and you kind of knew, well, that's an odd spot. Kinda, yeah. I think he's just running him up there so we could retire him type of thing. Yeah. We'll I mean, see how he takes care of him. That's going to tell us a lot. And he ran like he was about ready to be retired as well. Yeah. Because he yeah. was, he was awful. So yeah. Um, yeah, we'll see what, what happened this summer. Like, I think we, the moral of the story here is uh, the summer is about to be very, very interesting. Um, we have a lot, you know, the Haskell is going to set things off. Course of Jim Dandy coming up soon. I've never been more excited, to be honest, uh, for summer racing to get here. Um, not just to put the triple crown in the rearview mirror, but just because I feel like not just with the three-year-olds, but you know, these older division horses, even the older division with Cody's wish and what he's gonna do, and you know, who's gonna, you know, where's Taba gonna go, and all these, you know, we've kind of that whole classic division is wide open as well. And, and uh, it just seems like things are just now kind of getting going with a lot of these divisions. So looking forward to the summer. Um, but that is a wrap officially one word in one word. How would you qual- quantify the 2023 triple crown? Um, hmm. One word, one word. Dumb. <laughs> I'll go with <clears throat> overrated. I thought you were going to say stupid. <laughs> you said it first. I, whatever. Well, it's all those words in one. But uh, that's a wrap on the 2023 Triple Crown. <laughs> Time for Rapid Fire presented by Racing Dudes Best Bets. You heard us talk about it a little bit earlier. Racing Dudes Best Bets is here and it's here to stay. Go to racingdudes.com, click on the main menu there, and you'll see Best Bets highlighted. By the way, Alterman got my sixth strikeout with that guy, plus 180. Hit both bets, baseball bets. One plus 80, one was plus 150. They took him out the next batter. Oh, nice. I had five, I had plus five and a half strikeouts. He got six. They took him out, dude. So sometimes I've been burned more times than not on the other way where you need one more and they take the guy out. But this time it worked out nicely. So the best bets had a huge day there for myself. Um, just make sure you, you go to racingdudes.com, click on the best bets, myself, Halterman, Magic, everybody on there. You can see how we're doing. You can see the best bets, the ones that uh, we've hit, the ones we haven't, you know, the ones we've missed. You'll see the ones that are available for today or each day. Um, how we like, you know, it's not just sports, it's horse racing, of course, as well, especially on the weekends. We hammer those races. So make sure you, you go check out the best best page at racingdudes.com. All right, guys, let's take uh, kick things off here at Belmont Park. Last time we saw this horse, uh, I think we were all cussing and throwing something at Irad Ortiz. Race nine at Belmont Park, the Battle Roses Stakes. Great two Saturday, 200K, Felix and Mares, four year olds and up. Uh, going seven furlongs, number one. Good night, all of your six to five morning line favorite. I think I'm more interested in the fact that, like, there's seven to two on Wicked Halo, five to two on Caramel Swirl. You know, all these horses are somewhat semi you know, low odds six to five on good night off. Do you think we'll get that? And are you hesitant to play her at all after the somehow she lost last time out? Well, look, I, I'm not hesitant to play her, uh, de, you know, price depending. I, I think the way you're going to have to do it is put her on top of an exact and pick your second horse and try to create value that way. Cause I don't think six to five is going to happen, but look, I, I mean, anybody that watched the race last time out knows what happened. The jockey got her beat, period. And even worse for you, 
And this is this is why the, the Kentucky Derby thing, it just was a house of horrors the whole time because you had the horse in second as well. So if you, uh, Maturea over Goodnight Olive would have been a really nice cash for you as well. And Irad was so bad, he didn't even get second. So look, I, it's just a short field shirt, but it was a short field last time. But surely he won't get her in that kind of trouble. As long as he doesn't, this horse should win. Uh, she's better than these horses. So we shall see, Jared, we shall see. Yeah, it was one of those cases where I was, I, I thought it's either Matt Terea or Goodnight Olive that are going to win here. So I played them both. Uh, I played those two. I think I played like those two, one, two. And then I played Wicked Halo in third or something like that. And the whole time I'm thinking I've got this because Goodnight Olive, I mean, worst case scenario, like she just needs to get second and shit. She just, um, I mean, the whole time you're thinking you got to get out, right? You're going to get out. You're going to get out didn't get out so um she she was much the best the first time in the madison she was much the best that day i mean i'm hoping we get anywhere near six to five we probably won't but i, I just think i'm ho I mean, hopeful that wicked halo can get a little money because she did beat her last time out and you got caramel swirl in there who who ran well last time out but i just think good night all of us i mean if she wins that race like she should have she would have last time out she would be like you know, three to five, two to five um, on the morning line. So I think if we can get anywhere in, in that ballpark, there's no way good night all. I mean, I don't know if I would condone no. 20,000 to no. show on good night all. No. Um, nope, nope, nope. Do not nope. do that. Don't do that. Uh, mm. But I would condone picking her to win. Um, good night all for me. No doubt about it. She's going to win here. Don't do Don't. Don't don't even suggest that, Mike. That's a never that's ever a ever do play. that. Mm -mm. Don't do that. I mean, like it seems like free money right now. <laughs> do the math. I mean, you, you you will end up getting completely burned if you do that enough. All right, let's go to Monmouth Park Race Ten, the Pegasus Stakes at uh, uh, worth 150k at Monmouth Park, of course. The three-year-olds go to mile 16, field of eight shows up here, eight to five, on your favorite all the way to the outside, the eight-horse Kings Barnes. Um, you know, last time we saw this horse, <laughs> he's backpedaling in the Kentucky Derby. Classic catch is also in here for Todd Fletcher. You've got Salute the Stars for Brad Cox uh subrogate at five to one who ran he's been run, running really well uh kind of looks like the quote unquote upsetter here i guess at five to one um how great is nate at six to one but listen it really comes for me it comes down to do you think king's barnes what do you think of him i guess is he going to bounce back after the derby and if he's not it's the other pletcher that can get the job done I think subrogate's going to beat him uh i i really like subrogate here i'm going to go with a little bit of an upset I've never been a huge fan of Kings Barnes. Uh, I, I do think Kings Barnes uh, is the most likely winner of this race as far as what he's done. You know, he obviously is the class of the race, but I don't think he's getting the lead here. I think Subrogate can go out there and get the lead from him. I think it'll kind of, you know, we're going to have to work out a little bit of a trip. Uh, I'm not I'm not saying Kings Barnes a bad or a bad uh, pick. But I'm going to try to beat him. I think Subrogate can beat him. I think the other Pletcher, Classic Catch, could beat him. I think Salute the Stars could beat him. I, I'm going to try to beat him in the spot with those three horses. Uh, but I'm going uh, Subrogate, Gate to Wire. This is the son of Arrogate. He should love stretching out. He got beat by a really good horse on debut and then came back and ran very good in his second start. 
I think if he gets out in front and gets comfortable, I think he's going to be tough to run down. So give me the six in a mild upset. I don't. I actually don't hate that at all. I almost picked the horse just because of exactly what you laid out. It's kind of loose in the lead. I think everybody is kind of assuming that, like, hey, you know, like cheap speed. But I don't know that it's going to be cheap speed. I mean, it could be uh, stretching out. We don't know. Uh, but that horse has ran really, really well um, the last or the first two starts. Um, I, I'm cautiously optimistic on Kings Barnes. Um, I, I think. I love the fact the size is on a board. Yeah. I, that's a great, great uh, improvement there. Get, rode the horse on debut. Of course, won on debut. You know, that horse had he kind of ran, came from off of it that time. Um, did actually the first couple starts and then, you know, did kind of, he, you know, get to the lead in, in Louisiana Derby kind of just happened. They, they crawled. And then Kentucky Derby, I think everybody can, can ever... It, the people that watched the Derby that didn't know the Derby were like, what is that horse doing? Why are they going that fast? That was crazy. Um, just just a wild ride. And from everything we've heard and, and you know, Spencer and, and Fletcher, not happy with the ride. And uh, it shows because he's off the mount and, uh, and size is a back aboard. So I think Kings Barnes drawing outside, gets outside of that, you know, gets kind of sit off that speed a little bit, the six. And um, I still think he's classy enough to get the job done. I do think the one classic catch is somewhat interesting. I just, I mean, I'll be honest. I hated the last two races from the horse. I thought I really was interested in the horse going into the Wood Memorial. The Wood Memorial was an awful race. Um, and look, he's awful in those last two races. I get it. He got beat by Archangelo and that Peter Pan, but he was well beaten. Inner Q beat this horse in that race. So I just, I'm not all that interested in what classic catch uh, really here. So I think it's either the six or the eight, I'm gonna go the eight, Kings Barnes. All right, let's go to the next race here, race 11, the Edentown Stakes, grade three, 150K uh, for Phillies and Mares, three-year-olds and up, going one, one sixteenth miles on the turf. Field of eight shows up for this one and kind of a tough to, you know, kind of find a favorite here. Consumer spending seven to two, seven to two unsurprisingly for Shug, three to one on Gino Romantica, uh, Malafat, uh, four to one. Scottish Star, six to one. I mean, you go, the list goes on. You can very much see there's not a clear favorite of the race. So who are you going with? Yeah, it's definitely going to be a wide open one here. Uh, I went number eight, Gina Romantica, on top in this spot. I thought her last race uh, in the QE2 Cup at Keeneland was super good. Uh, beat McCulloch, uh, a horse that, that we like a little bit. And uh, coming off of a layoff, but that never really worries me with Chad Brown horses. I think if she fires her best, She's going to be awfully tough in here. Really uh, interested how the six Malafath kind of rebounds from just a horrific uh, effort. First time for Clement last time out. See if she gets a little bit better. Uh, I also like Scottish Star a little bit as well. But on top, I'm going to go Gina Romantica. Um, yeah, I don't. I, the six to me is what I was like. I almost picked that horse, but I just yeah. that, that race was so bad. I mean, you kind of wonder too, like, okay, the Breeders' Cup mile. You know, didn't run bad, but didn't, you know, also the, the buyer is inflated because of, of the race. Um, and then that last race obviously was pathetic, you know, so what is the horse really got to be better than the last one out? But I just I didn't want to play that horse at four to one. So I actually ended up landing on the one surprisingly. I, I think this horse is interesting here for Suge. Uh, you know, this distance likes the distance. The two starts, the last two starts, um, the horse just kind of ran out of room a little bit just kind of getting going it seemed like mark and segmentation beat this horse last time out 
consumer spending is did as well but market segmentation obviously a very good horse um so the fact that this horse is coming back i think is, it only bodes well and, and you're getting the paco lopez kind of angle a little bit for me you know he loves mammoth you know he's a great rider at mammoth park obviously and, and suge <clears throat> has used him at, at you know two of the last three starts uh including a win in the endeavor at tampa at going to mile 16. so i do think this horse is interesting you know in a in a situation where i do think there will be a little bit of pace in the race i like the one to show up late in the race and kind of get that paco ride so i'm gonna go number one surprisingly to win here all right let's go to race 12 the Salvador mile stakes grade three worth 150k for three-year-olds and up going one mile Field of 10 lines up here three to one on number nine artorias and dude i had to do like a, a triple take on that one i was like artorias like, yeah, is that? And I looked at the past form. I was like, holy shit, that's that. That's the Atorius, uh, the notorious Atorius uh, that we last saw last summer. But, you know, this is a horse that, you know, there was a time, there was a time that Artorius was like the winner of the Trappers. Well, for a lot of people thought this horse was going to win the Trappers. But, you know, won the Curlin, went into the Trappers, was like nine to one, and the Trappers didn't run worth a the shit. Then went, you know, Prairieville didn't run worth a shit that day. Hasn't seen since October of last year. Artorias, are you picking Artorias off that layoff? No, I'm not. Uh, I'm not one of those that was overly high on him. Uh, I was there uh, Curlin uh, Day when he won, and we did. We all picked him on Curlin Day, and he won at five to two, and he he, he won like a really good horse. But the yeah. problem is when you started to analyze who was behind him, you realize well he should have won that race if he was any good at all. Trounced in the Travers, trounced again at Keeneland. So, uh, look, I I don't think he's the worst pick, but he's not going to be for me. Um, I haven't decided what I'm going to do, pick four, pick five, pick three, all that kind of stuff yet. He might make the ticket, but I'm against him as far as a top pick. I went with uh, uh, a 10-to-1 shot here. We'll see. I, I've had some luck with this horse uh, on a few occasions at a pretty good price. I went number six octane on top in the spot. Uh, I like the mile for him. You look at the last race at Gulfstream Park was a mile and then a nice win. And then uh, uh, four or five races back. Also a nice second in the Hooper uh, behind endorse going a mile. So I, I like this horse. I think octane shows up here with a pretty good shot. David has a really nice record at Monmouth Park. Uh, I think he shows up here with this horse ready. I think he's the inside speed. So give me the number six octane and a little bit of an upset here. Yeah, I looked at him for a while just because uh, I kind of looked at the race, thought, okay, who's who's speedy? Who, who could maybe go out and steal this thing? And you know, I I looked at him for a while, but I kind of ultimately ended up going on the one uh, petulant. I think is how you say that name. Mm -hmm. um, get Saez back aboard, who you know, riding for Barboza, who you know, hit for thirty three percent. But Saez, you know, has ridden this horse the last two efforts, including. Um, a nice win last time out. I'm sorry. I, you may not pick this horse because you hate this horse. I understand why. Do you remember this horse? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. King Ottoman. You know, you had a big bet on King Ottoman. Looked like a winner the whole stretch. This horse never let him by. I actually watched that replay, and I thought, oh, no, Haltzbrin's not going to want to talk about this horse. But uh, listen, I, I thought this horse, you know, ran huge that day. Ran huge the race before that as well. I just think this is a horse that loves this distance, gets the inside, kind of it can be versatile, um, but I do think the horse can go gate to wire if need be. 
Um, so yeah, give me the one petulant. I think this at nine to two. Um, hopefully this horse doesn't get bet. I also thought riding with Biden was interesting. Don't 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 shoot me for that. But I just think that horse might not take any money, and it could be could be an upsetter here. Last time we saw this horse was in the Pegasus World Cup, and just got trounced by fifty four links. But obviously getting a little bit of class relief here. Um, but you know that's that's. Uh, five to one needs to be floated up to like 15 to one for me to play riding with biden yeah need, needs needs to increase the odds uh nimitz class the eight horse i yeah. thought that one was interesting too you know coming off a lot of wins in a row big kind of a big step up compared to laurel and parks but still one one that i looked at as well so that's i mean I, it's a wide open race in my opinion i yeah, totally agree. It's uh, I, I do I do think this is a sequence that's going to be wild. Um, there's always that one or two races in at Monmouth where it just make no sense whatsoever, um, but it makes it fun to play if you can get lucky. All right, last one here, race thirteen, Monmouth Stakes, uh, at Grade Three with 150k for three year olds and up, going one and one eighth miles on the turf, field of six. Shows up here, Chad Brown and Tribuvan, Tribuvan uh, at nine to five. Are you gonna go with Chad Brown? I don't know if you picked a Chad Brown yet. I haven't, but am I gonna pick a Chad Brown? We'll see. Are you going with the speedster, the speed of speed in this race? It feels like number one, Tribuvan. Yeah, I'm gonna go number one, Tribuvan on top. I, I, I just think he's a little bit better than this group. Uh, if he gets out to the front, I mean, he's drawn the rail as well. I just think if he gets out to the front, he's going to be in good shape. So hopefully he gets an aggressive ride. You know, he really loves Monmouth Park. We've seen him at his best at this track. So give me the one. Give me the horse on the rail here. We'll see if he can get it done again. Hopefully Flo can't screw this up because I just feel like it's like, dude, this one just seems way too easy to me. Just run him. Just go. Because one, it's a horse that typically is running like a mile and a half, mile and three eighths, mile and a quarter. Now we're going a mile and eight. Low, you know, shortening the distance for him. It's a track he loves. You know, yeah, we haven't seen him since last summer. That yeah, is the issue, right? But I mean, he towers over this field in terms of class. And it's like just it almost feels like a race where it's like not gonna be like an overly impressive race from him, but it's just gonna be like, yeah, he's just better than the rest of that field. So he goes gate to wire and maybe gets a little tight late, but nothing too bad. And I just think he's he's like the poor man's version of an Italian. You know, he, he, like very poor version. I don't even want to put those two in the same sentence, but kind of similar in terms of can still race on the front end. So I'm with you. Got the one. True fun. <laughs> all right, it's all done. We have checks out at racingnews.com for our free picks. And of course, our premium selections and our best bets at racingdudes.com on the products page and the best best page. You can click the Get Racing News Premium button or best bets on the menu at racingnews.com to learn more. Remember, we're on Twitter at racing underscore dudes, Instagram, and Facebook. You can find all episodes of Blinkers Off visiting our podcast page on the website, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, all the places you listen to, we are there. Speaking of podcasts, the Magic Mike Show will be going tomorrow because they're doing the Sunday Santa Anita Rainbow Pick 6 preview. So tomorrow you'll see the Magic Mike Show. I assume it'll be at the same time as they normally are, 4 o'clock. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Or I guess. I don't know. Um, sure. Yeah, we don't know. But let's just, just look for it. Um, anyways... Final thoughts. Um, go Guardians, go White Sox. That's my two <laughs> what, guests what, what, tonight. Uh, Guardians there? lead six to three, but their pitcher's not having a great night. So we'll see what happens. And then uh, White Sox. So here we go. Dude, 
uh, it's about that time of the year for people to start hating me again. Well, they may hate me all year. I don't know. But Patrick Mahomes, have you seen the the previews for the new uh, or the trailer for the new Netflix series called Quarterback? No, I haven't. Quarterback, quarterbacks, I don't know. Um, they they filmed. It's funny when you look at the three quarterbacks. It's like, I mean, it's how do they get? I don't like how did you pull Mahomes? They filmed three quarterbacks throughout the whole season last year: Patrick Mahomes, Kirk Cousins, <laughs> and Marcus Mariota. <laughs> So a third of that show will be really good, okay? But it it's like all mic'd up stuff, you know, behind the scenes stuff. And of course, you know, Mahomes winning the Super Bowl, winning MVP, you know, MVP of the Super Bowl, of course the injury and there's some like it just I'm telling you man, it got me it got me it got me a little excited, not going to lie. Very in all the weird ways. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm excited for it and I can't wait to start talking about it more. You gotta, seriously, though, go watch the trailer. It's really yeah, good. I will. I mean, it, I don't know where the mar- I, even Kirk Cousins. I can kind of get understand. I mean, he's he, you know, yeah, you have Justin Jefferson, pretty good offense there. But it's like Marcus Mariota. Where'd you? How'd you land on that one? I feel like Kirk Cousins will be interesting. Um, yeah, Mariota will be very uninteresting. I totally agree. Yeah, I don't. I don't know where. I don't know where the story is with that one. It's like, let's just watch him scramble and throw terrible passes and basically get, you know, Kyle Pitts killed all season. Yeah. <laughs> he literally does kill him at the end of the season. So, yeah. Um, but no, it just, you know, now that, you know, it's like, it's hard to, you know, not only does June, July, August, the summer come with, you know, horse racing, but it's like, we're gearing up for, for football already, it seems like. And, uh, you know, ready to, Ready to see my boy Pat Mahomes and have the the end of the show talk about him so everybody could turn it off. Well, I I think this is the like the this time period between the Belmont and Saratoga starting is the worst because Saratoga Del Mar start. It's like oh, it's amazing. You're so like hyped for it, and then once it's over, football's here, right? And that carries you all into the next year. So yeah, this is like like a real like. Can we just get this? three period three three week period over with and you know really it's the last two weeks in june because july really kind of starts with a with a bang because you got uh you know the stephen foster and those big days and then you've got the belmont derby and that big day mm-hmm. you know so i mean it's these last two weeks in june it's just like come on give us something and then you've got like all the gearing up for saratoga and horses pointing to that first weekend and all yeah. you know the two-year-old racing and you know, getting geared up. So it's like, yeah, um, we will be at Saratoga after I saw a couple of questions earlier. Uh, yep. I don't know how many times, but at least a couple of times, um, yep. definitely the Travers that's turned yep. into a staple for us. Um, I don't know if we go, we'll be able, we've been to the Whitney a few times, maybe mm-hmm. the Whitney. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, where is your state? Oh, the British coast of California. Yep. Yeah. Yep. We definitely will be there. Uh, we've never, I've never missed the British cup since, well, since we've been in it and you've missed mm-hmm. one, which was your mm-hmm. second year. Mm-hmm. So, um, which was all the way back to 2008, right? 10, 10, 2008 was the year she won. No, it'd be nine, 2009, nine, 2009. Yeah. 2010. Yeah. 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 Last, but yeah, we've been going since then. So, mm-hmm. um, kind of started it off of it's like you know 
We we started with the the biggest heartbreak of all time at the Breeders' Cup. We and yeah. never stopped going. So, um, oh, you're going first time, Ronnie. Nice. Sweet, nice VIP tickets. The Breeders' Cup. Listen, the Breeders' Cup is especially Santa Anita. It's my favorite place to have the Breeders' Cup. The weather's awesome. The track's so huge that it never feels totally crowded. Yeah. You know, you go to Keeneland, you know, you know, you go to some of these tracks where it's like, it's great, but Churchill is a little bit like that, but still it's not the same. Um, especially when you, especially when you have the weather, it's just the Breeders' Cup at, at Santa Anita is, is it's awesome. It's yeah. Different. I think it's, it's my favorite uh, venue for it. Yeah, I agree. Um, Del Mar's cool, but the facility's not quite like Santa Anita. Santa Anita is built for big events for sure. Yeah. It, it's like the one time of the year it feels like that they actually it's built for what they have you know so yeah. Yeah. Um, but no yeah we'll definitely be there hopefully we have a hell of a hell of two days there so uh yeah rodney just will uh again all you gotta do is entice us with free booze and we will come meet you mm -hmm. that's all it takes yep that's it some of our best friends in racing started off with offering us free beer but not even oh. racing some of our best friends in life are people that started by Hey, you guys want to meet? I'll, I'll buy you a beer. <laughs> like, all right, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to meet that guy. And then I saw beer. Like, all right, okay, we'll go. <laughs> so, you know, can't get rid of them. All right, guys. <laughs> uh, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. I'm Jared Welch. He's Aaron Halterman. RacingDudes.com for all of your needs. RacingDudes.com for all of your leads. RacingDudes.com for all of your bets. RacingDudes.com as good as it gets. RacingDudes.com for all of your needs. RacingDudes.com for all of your leads. RacingDudes.com for all of your bets. RacingDudes.com as good as it gets. <laughs> this has been a presentation of RacingDudes.com. Your destination for all things horse racing and sports betting. Whether you want free winners, expert insider picks, up-to-the-minute trackside weather reports, or podcasts and videos for bettors of all skill levels, never make another wager without visiting the Racing Dudes.